Welcome to You're the Shift, a podcast by Flora Fauna Healing. My name is Kayla. I'm an intuitive and energy healer, a tarot reader, an astrologer, a mentor, a Holy Fire 2 Reiki master, and an artist. My content centers around helping you to live authentically as your best self. I use a blend of my own intuition and experiences to help challenge inner narratives that can help keep us all stuck. Radical self-love and authenticity is the name of the game. I offer classes and mentorships, readings, and free resources to help these shifts take place. This podcast may not be for the faint of heart. I am brutally honest here, and so you may find some episodes you relate to. Some might be difficult to hear as well. Always treat yourself with kindness. If something in these words sparks movement within you, all of my services are listed on my website, www.florifonahealing.org. Thanks for being on the ride with me. Let's get into it. Okay. Hello, hello, and welcome, welcome. Okay, I recorded another version of this episode, but it was, like, super unhinged. Not not in the way that somebody could follow. Super, super ADHD, which is fine. But this is the less unhinged, more focus, still not on the right dose of my medication. That's happening later today. Version of this episode. Wish me luck. Okay, so a lot of you guys know I'm in therapy. I've been in therapy most of my life, and today... I got a good bomb dropped on me, and it's a good bomb. It's, it's good. It's really good, so I'm going to share it with you. I was planning on doing this episode on hyper-independence, and I do still think it's going to touch on hyper-independence, and um, yeah, but I'll get into that. Oh, I didn't even introduce myself. Um, hi, <laughs> Flora Fauna Healing. I'm Kayla. Nice to meet you. Welcome to the podcast. This one might be a little bit difficult, um, so just... You know, stay for the chat if you'd like. It might be a little bit difficult if not. I'm going to be working around interpersonal relationships and hyper-independence today. So, first things first. Here's a list of things that you cannot control. The narrative that other people have of you. What happens. When things happen. How somebody responds. What people say. What people do. When people decide to change, how people feel about what you say, and people. You can't control or change people. One of the best things about this list means that other people can't control or change you, unless you allow that to happen on some level. So, if you guys are like me, you need to sit with that for a minute before we get into this conversation. So if you hit the pause button, something really struck you with that, definitely practice the pause button and I will be here waiting for you. So what does that mean? It means that some of us who have grown up, especially as people pleasers, look at this list and go, what do you mean? I wouldn't want to control anybody. Except maybe we do. Maybe other people are other people and there's nothing you can do about it. But what does that mean? It means you have control over you. When we deal with people-pleasing, it means that we're constantly trying to be good in the eyes of someone else, gain their love, gain their approval, gain their validation, whatever it is it may be. But other people have the same choices that we do, and they may choose the different decisions that we do, and there's nothing that we can do about it. And that means that you can't control what other people think of you. It doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't matter how good you become. You cannot control what other people think about you. Therefore, people-pleasing will never work. You can create a false illusion of what people believe about you when it comes to people-pleasing. But it's a structure, and it's a shell, and it doesn't provide any fucking space for your authenticity or theirs. You're doing damage to yourself, and you're doing damage to other people within that belief. 
And thus comes the deep work of undoing people-pleasing culture within ourselves. Um, not easy. And you obviously can't control time-related things, like what happens and when things happen. And you can't control how somebody responds to you. That means no matter how well you articulate, no matter how well you communicate, no matter how many facts you bring to the table, no matter how much you've researched what you're talking about, you can't control how somebody else responds to you. That is their decision. You can't control what people do. You can't control what they say and how they respond. You can't control the choices that they make. You can't control when they decide to change or if they decide to change. And you can't control how people feel about what it is you have to share with them. There's a lot more wisdom in this than what immediately comes to focus when we first look at what this is trying to say. And I think that spending time unpacking it is going to be one of the things that I am going to have the delight of doing here. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because I know that a lot of people struggle with people-pleasing, and a lot of us come from a desire of just wanting to be seen, heard, acknowledged, accepted, and loved. And what do we do? We hold on to really toxic relationships that destroy us because we think, maybe, maybe if I have enough facts, they'll listen to me. Maybe if I communicate well enough, they'll listen to me. Maybe if I learn to articulate well enough, they'll listen to me. No, they won't. I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't matter how much work you do. It doesn't matter how much you try to change yourself. People who are determined not to listen to you will never listen to you. And you need to stop trying to change it. This might be really difficult to hear because if you're like me, you've grown up in a lot of abuse in many different areas of your life. And so you may carry a lot of core beliefs that tell you, I'm not good enough. I don't speak well enough. I don't articulate well enough. I am not enough at my core. Or I need to do things to be worthy. I need to be productive to be worthy of the love of other people. It's not possible. Your worth is inherent. Nobody can change that. What you bring to the table is either recognized or it isn't. And you got to ask yourself why you're trying to bring all of your gifts and who you are to a table that was never designed to share space with you because people don't want to change. And so, so much of the time we think that if we do enough work, if we bend ourselves enough, if we communicate well enough, if we do everything in our power, then at some point that person's got to listen to us, right? No. At some point we have to stop trying. At some point we have to stop accommodating. At some point, we have to stop chameleonizing ourselves so that certain people who never wanted to listen to us anyways will just be themselves. Just because you have a good conscience doesn't mean that everybody around you is. Just because you operate from the mode of, I really want to be the best person that I can, and so I'm going to try to understand and validate and love, does not mean that the other people around you are going to do that. You see, as somebody who's grown up with, um, well, I'm going to say it's probably the autistic traits, right? It's going to be the fact that I don't see shadiness in other people. I just don't. It's really difficult for me to. Why? Well, it could be people-pleasing culture, 110%. It could be that I just see the good in people, which is neither here nor there. But I also always search for the reasons why people do what they do. 
And oftentimes I understand wholeheartedly why people do what they do. And so I'm deeply forgiving. But that doesn't mean that that creates safety. It doesn't mean also that other people will be as forgiving towards you. And the biggest problem that it's created for me is not being able to see when I'm being taken advantage of, when I'm being manipulated, when I'm being gaslit. And so I've been doing therapy for a number of years to try to see those things because it's gotten me into hot water many, many times. And I really do believe it comes from not knowing um, your own worth as a person. Um, I really do believe that it comes from this narrative that, oh my goodness, sorry about the car alarm, guys. (laughs) I really believe that it comes from this narrative that I have that says, how can I serve you instead of how can you serve me? But not everyone is made out of the same stuff. And that's got to be okay. The whole point of this episode is that no one can control or change you. Which means you can't do it to anyone else. Which means that there's no sense in trying. And I say that with the deepest wealth of love in my heart. But there are some people that it's not worth trying for. If you find yourself trying continually for other people to the point that you're going emotionally bankrupt and just trying to get them to see your side, trying to get them to understand you, trying to build a stronger relationship, build a better, more stable relationship. You got to see that when you try and you fail repeatedly and you're just not being heard or listened to that you need to abandon ship. And a lot of people, especially people who have grown up in people-pleasing culture, will see that abandoning ship is negative, detrimental, painful. But at the end of the day, what about all the harm that it's doing to you? Because they don't see that. The people that you're trying to get to bend, the people that you're trying to get to have a healthier relationship with, communicate with, the people that you're like trying your best to understand, they make the choice over and over again not to understand you. What makes you think they're ever going to make a different choice? No matter how much information you bring to the table, if somebody is stuck in their patterns and they don't want to move, why would they move for you? Why would they move for you? Because at the the end of the day, what they're doing is serving them and it's helping them and it's upholding all of these other very fragile beliefs that they hold in their life. And if they accept the truth that you have to offer them, they're going to crumble and they're scared of what happens when they do that. And so they resist change. But it's not your job. It's not your job to enlighten people. It's not your job to bring change to them when they are not willing or ready. And so it comes with the crux of being a healer that we face a lot of these people and that we often think that our failure to help them understand us has to do with us. And so we carry this narrative that's maybe deeper than any of us realize where that actually ends up being reflected in all other relationships you have in your life where there's this point where you go, well, well, I'm not deserving of validation and I'm not deserving of acceptance. And my, you know, these people didn't accept me. So the people that I needed to in my life wouldn't accept me. So why would anybody else? But that's on those people. That's on those singular, probably people or small group of people. And yet we live our lives thinking that everyone else is like that because we try to protect ourselves. And thus brings us to the conversation of hyper-independence. If you are hyper-independent, you struggle with the relationships in your life very deeply, and hyper-independence leads to a lot of other problems, including problems in the energy body that are quite severe. 
Hyperindependence is extremely difficult to deal with because it causes you to be extremely isolated. It means that in any of your relationships, you are not able to be fully present or fully immersed. It is a balance problem in the heart chakra, in the root chakra. Um, there's an unequal balance between giving and receiving. There's an extreme lack of perceived safety in all relationships. And so you are always anxious. You are never grounded. And you might not even know the meaning of the word until you start exploring it. And so it's a very difficult conversation to have. But when we are hyper-independent, we wall ourselves off from others. Energetically, that is not good. It's not good at all. It creates a very porous aura and it creates a narrative of I have to do everything on my own. And so many of us healers have to undo that mentality because we got really good at healing ourselves and that's why we do what we do. And we will be faced with having to help other people undo these same mentalities, which means that if we don't do our shadow work as healers, we're in the wrong field and we are not helpful. It's like being a teacher. You have to continually educate. You have to continually learn. You have to continually seek out that deep learning and understanding. And so if, you're in, if you do deal with hyper-independence, you have to ask yourself why. Because there's a point where that hyper-independence came from somewhere. It might have come from multiple different somewheres. It might have come from family relationships, um, romantic relationships, school, all of these things that can really dictate your self-esteem. You're still seeking approval from those areas. And so you became hyper-independent because the people who were supposed to be there for you were not able to. And it's reflected every other inch of your life and all of your decisions thus far. Because when we talk about hyper-independence, it means that we can't operate from a safe root chakra. It means that we are never safe. And so we create unsafety. We create perpetual unsafety when we are hyper-independent. And so the work of undoing hyper-independence actually starts with us. And we believe it starts with those other people. No, 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 no. It starts with us. And it's so it starts with working at the root chakra to be able to, or however it is that you do this, to be able to build safety in your life by finding places where you can create safety on your own. Because referring to this list again, the only person you can control is you. You have no bearings of, over other people. You have no bearings over your job. You have no bearings over your food stability. You have no bearings over anything, but you do have bearings over yourself. So creating a safe and healthy environment in the self is priority one when you're dealing with hyperindependence. Priority one needs to be creating emotional safety. Are you safe with yourself? And I ask that because if you've been abused, chances are you self-abuse. And so digging into that work with someone who's qualified to do so would be number one on my list, which is what I've been doing for quite some time. And it's been very deep and revealing work to me where I realized that I was upholding all of these things that I was told my entire life to protect me from someone else treating me the same way by treating myself the same way every single day of my life, because that makes sense. But we don't see it that way. We don't see it that way. The ego looks at it as, okay, well, people have said this about you. They've done this about you. So if you don't show them, they can't hurt you. But the truth is everybody deserves to be loved. Maybe you're just seeking love from the wrong people. Maybe your lack of self-love is actually the bigger problem. Because if you can't show yourself authentically to other people, then you're creating a discongruency in the energy and other people can feel that. They're often going to feel that there's a part of you that's hiding from them. There's going to feel that there's a part of you that doesn't feel safe or, you know, kind of feels icky energetically or that you're not wholly trusted. And the truth is you don't trust yourself. 
So self-trust has to be paramount. Because oftentimes we, pay, we place the view and responsibility on others. Are you trustworthy to me? Do you trust yourself to be able to take care of whatever mess results from this? Or are you thinking that other person can destroy you? Because the truth is, if you're strong enough in this self, ain't nobody able to take you down. It's not possible. Like, it's simply not possible to take you down when you have strong self-trust and you have that understanding that there is nothing that can take you down because you are so safe for yourself that you will meet all of your own needs. And so that comes from the process of knowing yourself too. And when we're hyper-independent, we don't know ourselves. We only know the self that we were asked to create, to uphold, to be worthy of love. And so there's this huge huge part of us that needs to know ourselves and know ourselves besides all of that bullshit. And when I'm saying besides all of that bullshit, I'm talking about the things that we learn from our families or society or, you know, those rules and regulations we have to follow to be worthy of love. None of those are true for one. You are worthy of love simply because you are. And, and that's point final. You can't, you, it's not negotiable. You're worthy of love because you are. If people do not show you love, find new people. Don't question you. When you question you, that's when you start becoming the problem towards yourself. And it becomes so difficult to step into that love because I firmly believe everyone struggles with this. I don't think it has to do with being abused necessarily. Or maybe that's just my limited view because most people around me have gone through abuse, right? I would say the majority of us have gone through trauma and abuse on some level. And so we mostly reflect an unhealthy version of self-love. I grew up watching people constantly tell themselves that they weren't worthy of love because they were too big. They weren't worthy of love because they couldn't provide financially. They weren't worthy of love for all of these reasons. And so I got a very strong message that I'm not worthy of love for everything that I do wrong. That's not true at all. And I've spent years unpacking that belief. And so I love myself so firmly that no one can take that away from me and that I don't question myself when other people start to do their shit. I just quietly remove myself from their influence. I quietly remove myself from their sphere because it's not about me. It's about them. Why are they seeking to manipulate? Why are they seeking to control me? Why are they seeking to put me in a box? What do they gain from that? Oh yeah, they don't trust themselves. That's not my problem. And so I seek to remove myself from that influence. And I'm often very upfront about why I am. And if people don't want to listen to that, again, that's their choice. But there's deeper work for them to do. And so basically, this entire conversation is going to say that when you deal with hyper-independence, it's because you're seeking that approval from someone so hard that you wall yourself off from any aspect of not receiving that approval from someone else, which makes you do everything on your own, which makes you not able to stand strong in your relationships, not able to give and receive love. It keeps you perpetually angry. It keeps you perpetually judgmental and it keeps you separated. And so the behavior, it comes from wanting connection, but the result is separation. And so the relationship you really need to rebuild is from you to you. The relationship you really need to rebuild is how you feel about yourself it's never been about other people. Other people, when you grow up in a people-pleasing culture, they make you believe everything has to do with other people. Literally everything, your security, your self-esteem, everything has to do with other people and how they look at you. This is the crappiest shit I've ever heard. Truthfully, the only thing that matters is how you look at you. The only opinions who matter are yours. No one can make you do anything. Unless there is a part of you that is responding to what they're saying from a deep wound. 
And that's going, maybe I should do this, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not judging anybody here because we all go through this. You need to sit down with that part of yourself and ask why you're bending and compromising who you are so that other people will like you. Why you're bending and compromising who you are to be in a space that could never hold space for you. Why you're bending and compromising who you are just to be validated by someone who isn't worthy of your energy. They're not at your level if they're sitting there judging you. They're not at your level if you're already feeling energetic discongruency and start shape-shifting to be able to stay within their spaces. You limit yourself when you do this. You are self-abusing when you are doing this. There is a part of you that's like, oh, I can withstand being in this sphere. No, you can't, because the only result is going to be deeper and deeper energetic discongruency until at some point you put your foot down and go, I can't fucking take this anymore. The minute you start chameleonizing yourself to be within someone else's sphere when they do not love you or can't accept you, can't communicate with you, you're hurting yourself. And if you are the only person there for you at the end of the day, every single day, then that's the relationship you need to foster. That's the relationship you need to pour your energy into. That is the person you spend the most time with. That is the person whose opinion you seek, whose validation you seek. The rest is just noise. It's all noise. And that's what we don't grow up seeing. And so to work on hyper-independence, that's what you want to work on. You want to work on yourself. You want to work on the relationship that you have to you. You want to work on the love that you have for you, the forgiveness that you have for you. You want to work on understanding the roles that other people played in your life and why they made you bend and why you bend continually even when you're not asked to and why it's caused so much separation between you and anyone who actually does aim to help you. Because the problem with hyper-independence is, is that you become so independent that nobody is needed by you. Or wanted. Nobody feels wanted by you. That means that your friends might not feel like you need them. They might not really feel like you're their friend. Because you're not able to be honest about when you need help. That means that you might refuse someone's attempt at helping you. When they're just trying to actually connect to you, maybe they don't have the same problems as you and they're just going, I'd like to extend my help to you because I actually do mean that from a well-meaning place and I just, I want to see you succeed. Like truthfully, because for me, it makes me so happy when I can help somebody else. And I always make sure I'm helping somebody from the right place. That's been a real challenge to learn to help people from the right place. Learn to help people when your cup is full. Learn to say no when your cup isn't. And learn to not apologize Learn to stop apologizing when you don't have anything to apologize for. Learn what is on you and what is on other people. And learn to accommodate yourself and forgive yourself for the things that you need. And so there's so much in our lives that we sit here and we think belongs to us when it actually doesn't. And so the next time that you find yourself worrying about what somebody thinks, says, or feels... Ask yourself how you think, how you feel, and why you care about their opinions so much. What is the root here? What is driving that anxiety and that fear and that, oh my goodness, kind of feeling that comes up that's suffocating? Love doesn't suffocate. Control does. Where is it coming from? Because there might be a part of you that's deeply seeking approval from this person on whatever it is you're asking. 
And you have to ask yourself why you're seeking approval. Because no one can give you approval. Only you can. You have to approve of yourself and know that what you're asking for is completely normal. And what you're asking for is likely completely valid. And a healthy person isn't going to bat an eyelash. They're just going to say no if they can't do it. Or they're going to say, well, I really wish to do that for you, but I can't because of X. Can we try to do this thing instead? And you're going to be like, oh, okay, why was I worried? Why? Because these people are healthy. You might not be, though. If this is something you're struggling with and that's something that you got to work on and something that you got to look into because you might be struggling with hyperindependence and codependency issues. And it's a hard pill because we are taught that we need to relate to people in, in these following ways to be loved. The only person who can love you unconditionally is yourself. Everyone else should have conditions. And I, I know I'm not going to be a popular person when I say that. But the truth is, even if somebody is cut out of my life, it doesn't mean I love them any less. That's, that's not it. It means that we were not able to share love in a healthy way. It means that they were not able to meet the needs that I had for them or I was not able to meet the needs that they had for me. It means that boundaries were crossed. It means that communication was not helpful. It means that it was not safe. And so that doesn't mean that there's a lack of love. The love is unconditional either way, but the, but the conditions of presence is what I'm talking about. Love is unconditional most of the time. Like, you still love someone even if they fuck you over. You set a boundary because you hope to God that that person follows through. Why would you set a boundary? If not, you just fuck off, right? You set a boundary with someone in hopes that they get their shit together, in hopes that they can do this for you. You don't have a boundary conversation because you don't love someone. You have a boundary conversation with them because you do. And that's what a lot of people don't see. And so it becomes more about the other people than it is about us. And it becomes about whether they're going to meet us in the middle or compromise for what our needs are. And it's okay to still love them despite it, but that doesn't mean that it's safe for you. However, there are so many relationships that are safe for you, but you can't treat every single person the same. And that's just the truth of it. And I grew up thinking that you could, and you can't. You absolutely can't. There are people that when you give them a boundary, they're going to be like, yeah, of course. Or they're going to be like, okay. Or they're going to be like, that doesn't fucking work for me. Here's why. Here, can we adjust this? Can we work on this? Or why is this a boundary? And they're going to seek clarification. Then there's going to be some people that are going to tell you to straight fuck off. That's their choice. They're making a choice to not be there for you. They're making a choice to not accommodate you. They're making a choice. It's loud enough. You don't need to turn up the volume louder. If you give them a consequence when you set a boundary and they just fucking walk all over it, then they have no respect for you. And they're not just one day going to wake up and have respect for you. They don't know what it means to respect a person because they probably self-abuse and, and, and that extends into all their other relationships. They literally do not have the skills to respect you. And so why do you continue to engage with people like that? Because there's a part of you that thinks that at some point they're going to get their shit together and they're going to be able to validate you. They're going to be able to give you love. They're going to be able to all of a sudden have this healthy relationship with you. But it's a choice. They have to make a choice. And that's not on you. And so when you're dealing with hyper-independence, you likely have a lot of these relationships in your life that are driving these kinds of narratives. And the truth is, it's not on you. This is not your work to do. This is not your work to fix. It's theirs. 
And so we can release a lot of self-blame and shame by looking at things the healthy way, this way, and knowing that we cannot change other people. We can't control how they respond. We can't control what they say or what they do or when people decide to change or how people feel about what we say. We can't control people. And so that means that, not that you're trying to control, but that means that no matter what you do, it's their decision. So respect their decision when they make it and remove yourself. You don't need anybody's permission to do that. Work at yourself. Work at that relationship with yourself. Work at building a deeply loving, all-encompassing, validating sense of self. Because that's going to be your best friend in this lifetime. That's going to be the person who understands you best. That's going to be the person that's there for you every morning and every night. And you know what? All other relationships in your life will just fucking enrich that sense of self. Just like you enrich the sense of self of others. I like to sit at tables that don't gossip about people. I like to sit at tables that uplift each other even when that person isn't in the room. Because that's how I like to roll. I don't, I don't like gossip. I don't like talking shit about other people. It's not my fucking speed. I hate it. I think it's gross. And, I, you know, I understand having a conversation about someone to, like, deepen your understanding of them, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, it, no, you don't talk shit about other people when they leave the room. You do that because you talk shit about yourself. You do that because you think that's what everybody else is doing about you. Because you're seeking to find status in your abuse of other people. And you're seeking to compare yourself to other people. That is gross. It is gross behavior. Nasty. Not kind behavior. I... Seek to sit at tables that love to further other people. My favorite tables are where your ideas are shared and uplifted by other people. My favorite tables are people that you say, hey, I can't hang out. And they go, oh, are you okay? Is there something I can do? Or is there another way that we can do this? I, or, or you're not feeling well. How can I help you with that? I sit at tables that ask, what role can I give to you in this conversation? Would you like support? Would you like solutions? Would you just like an ear? I sit at tables that I see lifting other people because I understand that the energy that I have is worthy. I understand that the energy that I have is rare. And just like all the energy that you guys have, is it really rare? Or is it just a point that I hope that a lot of people get to in their self-work? I don't think it's rare. I wish it wasn't. I wish that every other person could work to uplift every other person around them because what kind of fucking strong world would we have? And so another part of hyper-independence is understanding truthfully what you bring to the table and understanding truthfully what tables are for you and what tables aren't. And knowing truthfully that you can choose to leave at any time and it's not a reflection on worth or you know, snootiness or anything like that. It's a reflection on, I stay in what serves me and I leave what doesn't. And you don't, know an ap you don't owe an apology to anyone for those things. Truthfully, you need to be following the measure of what you need and what your needs are at all times. The more clear you are with everything that you are able to articulate to other people, the better chance of success that you have, both in yourself and with other people. And so that means being very vulnerable, transparent, honest. And so I seek to sit at tables that can be honest about their shortcomings, that can be honest about where they'd like to go, that can be honest about where they need work, 
because I know that they'll see those same things in me and they'll go, hey, I see you're struggling with this. Let me show you how I help myself and seek to uplift. When I started doing this, all of my relationships changed. All of the things around me started to change. When we talk about manifestation and, and all of the things around that, that's the change. The change is you. The most powerful change that you can make to bring your life into alignment isn't quitting a job, isn't doing this, isn't doing spells, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's working on yourself. Those things can assist you. Doing Reiki to help yourself is having a relationship with yourself. Doing spell work to heal yourself as opposed to heal things around you is working on yourself. Whatever brand of shadow work that you decide to sink your fucking teeth into through this process should be designed around building a strong relationship, an all-encompassing, validating, loving relationship with you. Because if you can love yourself, you can hold that same fucking love for everyone around you. And it is the deepest and most fucking beautiful love that you're ever going to feel. And if you've grown up in a life without love, if you've grown up in a place where, you know, I love you was like the fucking rarest thing you've ever heard, or I see you or I understand you was the rarest shit you've ever heard. Get ready to dump that shit on yourself. Like Frank's red hot bitch. Why? Because you need it more than other people. Because you need it because you didn't get it. Because you're at a disadvantage because you didn't get it. You're at a disadvantage with yourself. You don't even know that person enough. Because you haven't spent your life asking that person those questions. What do I think of me? And if you ask yourself what you think of you and all these ugly things come up because this person said this and this person said this, that's a sign that you need to work on this. Because your self-worth is dependent on other people. And you will uphold that pattern of either codependency or hyper-independence until you deal with it. If I ask myself what I like about myself, I have a fucking list that is so long. And you want to know how it got so long? By telling everybody else in my life that didn't fucking understand me or validate me to go fuck themselves. Sorry. Truth is the truth. I mean, I, I, necessar I didn't necessarily tell them to go fuck themselves right off the get-go. Um, but I did remove my presence. And I did have a lot of conversations about boundaries beforehand. And I had a lot of conversations about how to communicate. And I had a lot of conversations about how, how can you deal with this? And how can I deal with this? And those boundaries continually got crossed. And then all of a sudden, I was like, nope, I'm out. My presence is, is conditional. Yours should be too. People are not all for you. You are not for all other people. And so you can have thousands of people dislike you and still be such a fucking cool person because you're cool to yourself. You can have thousands of people hate you. You want to know who has thousands of people that hate them? Oh, probably the most loved people in the world, like celebrities and highly influential people. And yet people flock to them in droves. You think about how much, it, how, how much hatred they must receive and they don't care. Why? Because their relationship with themselves is good enough to withstand it. If this is striking a chord, this is something that I handle in mentorship a lot. Because one of the biggest things that um, is conducive to psychic work is having a relationship to yourself. You don't have a relationship to yourself, you don't have accuracy. You don't have a relationship to yourself, you have all these biases in your work. You don't have a relationship to yourself, your intuition is weak. Every time you hit a milestone, your intuition becomes stronger. And the truth is, psychic work is all about coming back to the self. Healing 
It's all about coming back to, to the self. So is your healing other people focused? Are you coming to therapy to work on other people? Or are you going to therapy to work on yourself? Are you going to therapy in hopes of fixing other people? Or are you going in therapy in order to unfuck your skewered view of yourself that other people have given you? Is your shadow work based on helping other people? Or is your shadow work based on helping you? Your magic, whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that you do for your self-care, whatever it is you do that you help to help yourself has to be focused on what you can control. And that's yourself. No matter what, even the strongest people in the world need help. We are nothing if not for our ability to connect. Why? Because none of us deserve to be lonely. And what I'm talking about isn't being lonely. It's actually fucking being empowered because I have stronger relationships now than I've ever had. Why? Because I meet it at a place of mutual strength with other people. I meet it at a place of mutual uplifting. I meet it at a space of mutual harmony and energy. And I seek to uplift. And other people seek to uplift me. And that was not within the narrative that I grew up with. It was, you serve everyone else. And, and fuck off. You, you fuck off when you need something. You don't need anything. Yeah, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> why would you want anyone to grow up like that? You know, like, why, would, why is our society built to make people feel that way? It's, it's quite terrible. But yeah, so when we're talking about hyper-independence, when we're talking about codependency, the person who needs work is you. Whatever ways that you seek to bring your life into harmony has to be centered on you, has to be centered on where you need help, where you need to break patterns, where you need to speak up, where you need to love yourself more fiercely. Self-love isn't taking a rose quartz bath, God damn it. Self-love is having boundaries. Self-love is telling people where to stick it. Self-love is knowing that what other people have to say about you doesn't mean you have to fucking accept it. What other people have to say about you is a reflection of themselves and what other people think of you is none of your fucking business. What matters is what you think about you. And so if anybody is struggling with hyper-independence or they're struggling with codependency, if you ever decide that you really want to work on your relationship with you, Come find me, because it's something that I teach. It's something that I live. It's something that I embody. It's something that I deal with every goddamn day. And that's why I decided to become a mentor, because I truly believe that your self-love comes from your connection to yourself. Your intuition opens up when you love yourself. Your intuition is you guiding you. It's like, yes, you have spirit guides, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, it is you being guided by love. It is you being guided by the team that has been sent here with you. It is you opening up to the language of the universe, which can only happen when you speak the language of the self. When you know who you are. Because in terms of vibration, in terms of healing... We can't see things clearly when we don't love ourselves. And so we keep seeking. And that's why we have these same repeat fucking patterns. Because trust me, all the shit you haven't dealt with is just going to keep fucking coming back to you. All I can say is I lived in complete fucking chaos for so long. And now I look around and I'm like, wow, things are calm. I have a garden. Holy shit. I have a garden. I'm stable enough to own a garden. What? What? my definition of success yo but seriously i look around and i'm like wow things are calm why because i am because i did that work on myself because i removed myself from the influences that were harmful to me because i looked at my environment and went no more abusive kayla we're done 
And so everything around me started to shift because I started realizing where I was putting myself down to be able to take on the shit of other people, that I was allowing other people to get under my skin and feel those negative patterns because they knew damn straight what they were doing and they knew they could take advantage of me that way. And now that doesn't happen because if it does, I'm out. And I'm out because I love myself. And I don't need other people to love me. I just want other people to love me because that's what, you know, serves them and, and me. And because I love love, man. But I don't, I don't require that from other people. I've, I've got it in droves. And so if somebody doesn't have that for me, cool. Likely we're not compatible. I don't, that doesn't mean that I'm not worthy of love or that they're not worthy of love. It just means that we don't have the same vibrations or shit in common or et cetera, et cetera doesn't matter. It's not a reflection of us. And so our friendships, etc. if somebody doesn't want to be a genuine friend to you, it's not your loss. Your loss is when you start chame- chameleonizing to be able to be friends with someone else and cutting yourself off and telling yourself, no, you're not fucking worthy as you are. So we got to bend so this person can like us. <laughs> there are tons of people who will like you just might not be those people it doesn't really matter there are tons of people out there that will like you but you have to know what's likable about yourself too and you know sometimes that process is very lonely at first because obviously when we start clearing out all of the people that are not able to support us not able to hear us not able to communicate with us um, for whatever reason it can be lonely at first because we don't know how to establish those new connections. We don't know how to establish those new patterns because we're still sorting them out. And so if you're in that period of loneliness, you're actually doing a really good thing for yourself. And it's going to be lonely right now. But the quality of relationships that you're going to have after this, after this small period of a lull, are going to blow your mind. Because they're able to hold so much more because you are able to hold so much more. And so anyway, this episode was just meant to be a little bit of some love for people who are dealing with toxic relationships in their life, who are dealing with codependence and hyper-independence. Because really, hyper-independence does really, really mess with the person. It causes so many energetic issues and so many beliefs that we continue to propagate through our entire lives, that we continue to uphold and our relationships continue mirroring the same patterns over and over and the trick to getting out of all of it is self-love. Like really self-love. Self-love is not taking a rose quartz bath. I mean, maybe sometimes it is. But if you, if you think that, you're missing the point. The point of self-love is undoing trauma. The point of self-love is knowing your worth. The point of self-love is knowing what you bring to the table and also knowing when it's not for you. The point of self-love is being able to remove yourself from toxic situations with no shame, without needing to apologize. The point of self-love is building a strong relationship to yourself that nobody can take down. And I wish that for everybody in this world. Like, I really do. We would be in such a different place if that was what was going on. And so anyway, I just wanted to talk to you guys about this because do the thing. Release yourself from the thing. You don't need permission. Release yourself from the things. Release yourself from the people. Release yourself from the environments. And work on you. 
because that's the only relationship you have any control over. And when you start working on you, nobody can influence you anymore. Your aura starts getting very rock solid and people are like, oh my God, you have incredible energy when you walk into a room because I hear that shit all the time. Why? Because I love myself. Because I shine in what I bring to the table. Because I'm not ashamed of what I don't. Because I see as what I don't bring to the table as, man, I fucking appreciate that in other people. Because that's their magic, and I'm here for that. Because I can learn a thing or two from those fucking people, and I don't need to seek to absorb it and be the master of all the things, and to the point that I can't even uphold anything because I'm too busy comparing myself to others. Fuck it. I want to compare myself to others. Others are beautiful. They're beautiful because they're beautiful. I'm beautiful because I'm beautiful. If we have shit in common, then we're beautiful together. If we have shit that's different, then I want to appreciate you. That's that. You're never going to get to anywhere if you compare yourself to other people. Can you admire? Yeah. But admiring and jealousy are two very different things. And if you're jealous, you got to ask yourself where that's coming from and work on that because it's a point of where you can work on your self-love and where you can work on, again, knowing what you truly bring to the table. If you're sensing jealousy at all in your life, this is a place that you need work and that's okay. Because there's, you're, you're operating from somewhere that hurts, and so that's fine. We all hurt. It's not something to be ashamed about. It's something to acknowledge. And sometimes we have to u- acknowledge really ugly things about ourselves, and good. It means you're doing something right. So on that note, I'm going to end this episode, and I am going to let you guys know if you guys need to find me. I'm obviously... At Reflex and Refresh Holistic Spa now, and I'm doing mentorship. I'm doing uh, tarot reading, astrology readings there, and I'm doing Reiki there and mentorship all in person, which is so exciting. So anyway, I will leave you guys with that, and I hope you guys have a wonderful whenever the hell I get to posting this. Bye.